Good morning. Today, we're going to start a six-part series, and you can invite your friends and neighbors and all that kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's going to be on, based on the movie, uh, Fireproof. How many of you heard of, heard of that? How many have seen it? How many have not seen it? Okay, good. Don't see it yet. <laughs> Because, I'm really don't, don't see it yet because uh, we're going to show the movie as part of the uh, campaign that we're doing. Uh, what we're going to do is do a six-week uh, teaching on it, from it, and then we're going to uh, have a popcorn movie night. And that's going to be uh, approximately six weeks from now, five to six weeks from now. Uh, we're going to do it on a, like a Friday night. And uh, right now it's scheduled for the 16th. We've got to find out where we're going to have it. Uh, and we're going to invite people, have popcorn and all this kind of stuff, and have, have just have a good time. So uh, a lot of people are doing that now, and uh, it's, it's really a fantastic movie. I, I watched it, my wife and I watched it last night, uh, and it was, it was real good. Uh, but that's what we're going to be doing. Now, our goals, really, for this series, we have, we have really about three goals. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help people to to begin or start a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to help people to improve their relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to also reach out to people who uh, just want to just have fun and fellowship uh, among the Christian brothers and sisters. That's going to be very important. And so there are going to be some people that will begin a relationship with Jesus Christ and never had an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, being, being saved, being born again, that's, that's one of the goals. Uh, but also we want to improve our relationship with Jesus Christ, to improve our relationship with one another, and also to just have fun, Christian fun, watching a movie. And it's a, whole, it's a family movie. Uh, it's, it's nothing in it that, that you wouldn't want your children to see, really. So it's, it's real good. Let's go through some definitions first of all. The movie is called Fire, Fireproof. And if we said we're going to uh, fireproof our marriages and our relationships with others, one of the things that's very important is that uh, we understand what we mean by fireproof. You know, uh, when, when, when you're looking up the word proof in Webster, it means it's really a, a combination, a compound word using using this word proof as an adjective, and it's uh, uh, like a suffix. And what it does is that it tells you that whatever is before it, then like waterproof, whatever is before it, that means that it can't be damaged by water. It means it's incapable of being penetrated. Uh, so fireproof will be it's incapable of, of, of catching on fire, you know, uh, bursting into a flame. And so we're going to use the word figuratively, and it's used that way because basically the movie uh, is, is based on a fire, fireman, but our marriage is not going to catch fire anyway, and, uh, but figuratively, it could. So we're going to be talking about figurative things today. Now, when we say fireproof our relationships, I think about the Titanic. When they, when they, um, when they made the Titanic, do you know what they said about the Titanic? Unsinkable, okay? Now, they really didn't mean that. 
They, I mean, really, they didn't mean it. They, they, they meant it, but they didn't mean it. See, if it was, if it was not capable of being sunk, it wouldn't have sank. Is that correct? But what happened is that they figured that they, if that ship hit anything, if, if it hit anything like most, most ships hit something like an iceberg, things like that, that it would withstand that because the first layer, the first, they, they had compartments there, that if it messed up the first compartment, it would float. Second compartment, it will float. But they didn't think that it would mess up the third or fourth you know, compartment, and that's what they did, that iceberg did, and that's what happened, and that's why it sank. And, and um, what we don't want to do is to say we're going to fireproof our relationships, but we're really not going to fireproof our relationships. It's just going to be something that we are, uh, are saying, and we're going to do partial uh, fireproofing, but not total fireproofing. We want to fireproof our relationships with others, and that means that it is incapable of being harmed. That's what we want to do. Incapable of being harmed. And that's what I want. Any relationship I, ha- I have is incapable of being harmed by outside sources, whether it be flood, whether it be fire, whether it be hurricane, whether it be snow, it doesn't matter what it is, or whether it be other people, whether it be the enemy, it's not going to uh, be able to penetrate uh, my relationships. And that's what I want for the whole body. And so let's talk about that. So the first message, basically, is understanding and working with our differences. Understanding and working with our differences. The whole series is going to be named Fireproof for Your Relationships, but each, each Sunday we'll have a different subtitle. Understanding and working with our differences. There are many differences that you have uh, if, you, if you have two people in the same room there are going to be differences. Am I correct? There are going to be differences. I don't care if there are two males, two females. I don't care if there are going to be differences. We have two cats. They have two cats. I don't have two cats. They have two cats. <laughs> and and they, are, they, are, they are so different, you know. They are really, really different, you know. One is a male and a female. That's different altogether, but... Then, but just being a cat, that their temperament is different. It's just that is different, you know. Uh, one, one, my girls, they can they can pick up Chloe and carry Chloe around just like they taking a carrying a baby around, like a teddy bear. They throw them over the shoulder, you know. They, you know, they they take them in both arms, you know. They do anything to Chloe, and Chloe doesn't do anything, you know. Now, bear is different. Bear's a male. Bear doesn't want you to. The bear's big, number one, and he doesn't want you to hold him. Uh, uh, he, is, he has a different temperament. People are different. Now, so in relationships, we have to understand that there are differences in people. And so if we don't, if we don't understand those differences, and if we don't work with those differences, then what's going to happen is that our relationships are not going to be fireproof. We have um, some resources here that I want to uh, show you and, and, and encourage you to start Developing a, a, a library that can help you in relationships. One of the best ones is this one right here. It's called the Cavalry Road. Now, of course, you know the Cavalry Road is going to be talking about the cross, okay? It's going to be talking about the cross, and that you're not going to fireproof any relationship if you don't go to the cross. I mean, it's just simple and plain. 
This one uh, is, is just a VHS is a thing I show to married couples and things like that, uh, people that really, and show them that we are so different, but yet God meant it that way, and we can help one another, even in our differences. This one, is, I, I really highly recommend, uh, is two to go with this. One, this one's for men only, and then the other one's for women only, and I've showed that to you before. This one is the first years of forever. When you get married, it is forever while you are alive. Do you, do you understand that? One wants to go to heaven is not giving and taking in marriage. But on earth, it is forever. So uh, this is a resource that we use sometimes for uh, newlyweds. This one, uh, the women, you surely ought to give this to your man. It's called If He Only Knew. See, because there are a lot of things that we as men, we don't know, you know. We think we know, but we don't, we don't really know. This one, the five love languages, you can be doing all you can in a relationship, you know, but you're not speaking the same love language to the person. And so, therefore, you can end up uh, not meeting the person's felt needs because of that. This one is called strengthening your marriage. That's a, that's a good resource there. This one I use uh, just to show the differences between uh, how males think, how females think. His needs, her needs. Because women have different needs than men have as far as priorities are concerned. Iron, sharpening iron. This is, this is a good resource because God, God meant for differences to help us. My wife is very much different than I am, as you can see, you know. Uh, but the thing is that she helps me because she's so different than I am. And so her strengths become, uh, help my weaknesses because whatever she's strong in, usually I'm weak in and vice versa. So we help each other. And if we were the same, we had the same strength, the same weaknesses, we'll stay weak in the same areas and strong in the same areas. So God doesn't want that. God wants us to sharpen each other to help us, each of us have our, uh, our A-game on when we meet the enemy. And the only way we can do that is that I embrace her strengths to help my weaknesses, and therefore I will be stronger. I won't be as strong as she is in areas, but I'll be better at it. Okay? And so that's why I want to encourage you. There's nothing wrong with differences. Differences are great. You don't want no, no. You don't want to ever be in a relationship with somebody who's just like you, you know, because you're not gonna get anything out of that relationship, really, uh, because you might as well be by yourself, really. I'm serious, you know. <laughs> might as well, you know. Love and respect. Love and respect is, is a very good good uh, resource, and it teaches basically that uh, what men want is respect, and what women want is love. So. Uh, these things are, are good for singles. Uh, I wish somebody would have helped me uh, so I wouldn't have messed up so much in my early years of marriage because I didn't have a clue, you know, of, about relationships. And, and therefore, uh, I just made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. And so um, we're trying to help our children, help you, help the young people today not to make the same mistakes we made by teaching them before they get married. So singles, this is a, a very, very excellent series for you. And married couples, is a very 
excellent series for you also. Now, we're going to see a, a short video clip, and then we're going to get right into the meat of the message. And this uh, clip is called, He Said, She Said. Okay? He Said, She Said. And you'll find out a little bit about differences, and then introduce the rest of the message. Honey, I agree with you. You got to get out. He don't deserve you. You can say that again. A real man's got to be a hero to his wife before he can be to anybody else. Or he ain't a real man. Catherine, do you need a place to stay? I can't imagine living in the same house with that man. No, I decided last night that I'm not the one that's sleeping. He's the problem, not me. That's right, girl. Stand your ground. Make him respect you. If there's one thing a man understands... It's respect. That's the issue. That's the reason our marriage is failing. She shows me no respect at all. And the saddest part about it is? He doesn't have a clue. He thinks our marriage has been fine for the most part. Mm. You know, he probably thinks... Our marriage has been fine until this year. Now all of a sudden she goes off the deep end. Do you really think this happened all of a sudden? I don't know what to think. I don't understand her. She's emotional about everything. She's easily offended and way too sensitive. I mean, he's so insensitive. He doesn't truly care how I feel. He doesn't listen to me. Even if I say it over and over and over again. And then she starts nagging me and, and saying I don't listen to her or, or something like that. It drives me crazy. I feel like I'm going insane. You know, he doesn't understand my needs. I feel like we are completely and totally incompatible. She's probably whining to her friends, making me sound like a criminal. I can see him all right now crying, having some sort of group hug. It's going to be okay, sweetie. It's going to be all right. We'll get through this. So you think it's past the point of no return? I don't have a reason to return. <laughs> oh, boy. We're different, aren't we? <laughs> wow. Does men have group hugs? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's very interesting, very interesting. Now, how can we really fireproof our relationships? How can we really do that? Well, let's talk a little bit today about uh, beginning that process of fireproofing our relationships. And I mean really fireproofing our relationships. Let's start in Genesis. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You know, we have to know and understand who we are and who our enemies are. If we're going to really fireproof our marriages and our relationships and our friendships and on a job, our relationships on the job, we must understand who we 
all and who are enemies are. And so in Genesis, it tells us that we were created in whose image? In God's image. See? We're not just haphazardly created out of some uh, crazy big bang theory or evolution or something. We were created by God and in his image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the scripture says. So we had to know that. We are the highest of God's creations on the earth. We need to know that. And let's go a little bit further. In Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 15, we need to know that, that God has responsibilities. He has order for his creation. First of all, he said then, the Lord took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. So he gave him a job to do to till the land and also to protect, to care for the land. And then the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From every tree of the garden you should eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you shall surely die. Then it said the Lord God said to the, to the man, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. A helper, an assistant, someone who, who fits together with this man to help accomplish what God's, God's purpose is for that man. So God has an order. He has responsibilities. And so if we tap into who we are and what we're supposed, we, we are here for, then we can be successful in our relationships. It's only when we get out of God's created order and his, his divine uh, responsibilities that we end up sabotaging our relationships because God's not in it. Then he says, out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the, uh, of the sky. And he brought them to the man to name them. So we know that God gave man the responsibility to name the animals, the man, name the beasts and all the birds. Then he caused the man to sleep. And then he took from one of his ribs and, and closed the flesh up. And God fashioned unto, and those ribs into a woman. And then he brought her to the man and he said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined. And that word joined means to cleave. It means to stick to like glue to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. This God's created order. That's what he wants. That's, his, that's what he purpose for man and for female when we get outside of that divine order we start sabotaging our relationships it will not be fireproof as long as we stay in it it's fireproof it is fireproof let's look in chapter three we have the account of here where we find the enemy here in verse four the serpent and the serpent starts trying to deceive the woman here and the woman is deceived, but the man, he's with her, and he's, he sins. And they eat of the uh, forbidden fruit, and so therefore now they are, I guess, feeling ashamed, guilty. They are hiding. God comes by and, and, and uh, wants to find out where they are, and he's hiding. And he said, I'm 
I'm hiding because I'm negative. So well, well, how do you know you're negative? Who told you you were negative? Uh, it starts a whole process of where we are out of God's order. And so every, every child is born in this world is born uh, with, the, with the nature of Adam, and Adam sinned. And so therefore, we have to learn to get back into right relationship with our Savior, with the one who created us, and then move from there. And that means we have to be, uh, go to the cross to be born again. We have to know who we are and who the enemy is. Adam met his enemy. Who was his enemy? Satan. The devil. He was his enemy. He disguised himself. Used a serpent. But I'm telling you, we have other enemies. Let's look at another one. 1 John 2, 15-17. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we have another enemy. And we are living within that enemy. That enemy is the world system. And the world system is operated by the principles that our Satan, he puts things into motion in the, in, 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 in the world system. And the world system is not God's system. Do you understand that we are living in the midst of a system that is, is out of God's will? Do you realize that? And if we, if we try to mesh in and try to fit in with the world system, we're going to fit in outside of God's will. And because it says that the love of the Father is not him if he will love the world. So we cannot love the world. The world system is our enemy. Now we, we are here. We have to be a part of the system. But we are aliens here. We are strangers here. We are sojourners here. Our heaven actually is in heaven. That's where, our, that's where our home is. And we're sojourners here. We're just here for, our citizenship is in heaven. And when they ask you on forms, what is your citizenship, what do you put? <laughs> do you put heaven or do you put USA? <laughs> well, you know, if you don't want to go to jail, you probably better put USA, you know. <laughs> but we, we know that our citizenship is actually in heaven. Really, we're seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, in Christ Jesus. Now, let's go to another verse because we, now it says here that for all that is in the world, verse 16, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. So within this world system, you're going to have in this system opportunities for lust of the flesh, lust of the what? Eyes and the what? pride of life. Enemies. There are enemies within the world system that we have to stay clear of. They are enemies. We must understand who we are and who our enemies are if we are going to fireproof our marriages. And you'll see that as you look at the video as you know the film that you get in trouble when you're in, within, operating within the world system trying to fit in and try to do things that the world does. It doesn't work. It alienates us from God. First John chapter 3, verse 4. Let's start there. Go through 10. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him, that means it continues to abide in him, 
sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Now this sin is the tense that is is a, uh, um, is is that like the present tense, which means that it, it should read like this: No one who continues to abide in him continues to sin. No one who continues to sin has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. Now, the enemy is going to try to deceive us. The one who practices righteousness is, read that for me, righteous. Just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. To destroy, I mean to annihilate to crush the works of the devil. That's very important. We don't have to be subject to the enemy's works, his stratagems, all his uh, plans against us. God has already sent Jesus because Jesus already destroyed those works. Now all we have to do is enforce it. It says that no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot really continue to sin, it should read, because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So we see what's in the world system. We see that we cannot uh, practice what the world system practices because the world system practices sin. And we can't do that. We must resist our deceiving enemies. That's what we must do. We know who our enemies now. Who are, who are our enemies? The world system, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Okay? We must then, since we know the enemies, we know we are, we are of God. We know God's seed is in us. We know that God created us for a purpose. We are aliens here. We are sojourners here, and our heaven, our heaven is our home. So therefore, while we're here, we have to resist our deceiving enemies. Let's look at Second Peter. In Second Peter, of chapter one, starting in verse three, seeing that you, that His divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the finish of me, the corruption that is in the world by lust. So God has already said, okay now, Hey, look, this is what I'm going to do now. I've given you precious promises, magnificent promises, that you can uh, buy them, that you can be partakers of the divine nature by which you were created. And you would have escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. He says, now, for this reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. 
In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brother kindness. And in your brother kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, not stagnant, but increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, have forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Never. That means any relationship we have, we'll never stumble in that relationship. It would do what he just said. We have to be progressively trying to improve on our uh, relationship with God by adding to our faith the things he said. We have to resist our enemies. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So how are we going to resist our enemies? By submitting ourselves to God. We got to submit ourselves to God, then we can resist the devil. He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. To you. So he's telling us all these things that, that we're supposed to do in order to keep our enemies from getting a hold of us. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. God wants us always to resist this flesh. But through love, serve one another. He wants us not to use our freedom for an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. That's what he wants us doing, serving one another. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, that's what we do in relationships a lot of time, we bite and devour one another, take care that you will not consume, you're not consumed by one another. If you bite and, and, and devour one another, you end up consuming one another. But I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So how can we keep our flesh under control? By walking by the Spirit of God. Walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Very important for us to do. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you, that you please. See, the flesh doesn't want us to, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The flesh wants us to do what we feel like doing. We can't walk by our feelings. Our feelings, our feelings are subject to error all the time. We have to lead our feelings. God gave us feelings. He gave us emotions, but we can't let them lead. It's like a train. The caboose does not lead the engine. The engine leads the caboose. So that's what we have to do. 
we have to lead our our you know our real feelings and our feelings are like the caboose. Romans twelve one and two. Because of how awesome God is and and how unfathomable are His ways, He says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service." And be not conformed to this world. How can I not be conformed to the world? He said, by the renewing of your mind. So the only way we're not going to get rid of this enemy, the world system, and not be uh, conformed to it is by taking this word and washing our minds with it and making sure that our mind is renewed. And I guess in the computer world, they might call that what? Do, 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 uh, is there such a thing as a hard drive? If you take a hard drive out and put another one in, what, what would happen? Would you have the same information? No, have not the same information. Okay. All right. I know I'm trying to learn the computer. And what I do a lot of times is it's a trash bin over there. You can, you can drag things over to this trash bin. So what we have to do is drag a lot of things that we've learned and we practice, drag it over there and put it in the trash bin, and then you know get something and put something, type something else new in it, create another folder. You know, educate yourself, <laughs> educate yourself on the subject of building godly relationships, as I mentioned with our resources, and resources that these are just a few. They have plenty of resources in Christian bookstores. Let's close with two principles of relationships. And two testimonies. Two principles. Okay. Here's a principle. You, you have, we have, you have no rights. No rights. None. You hear what I'm saying? No rights. You don't have any rights. Okay. If you have rights, you got a problem. Okay. You don't suppose having the rights. Outside of Christ now. Outside of Christ, no rights. Let's look at it, First Corinthians. The principle number one, you have no rights. So don't tell anybody, I have a right to do you don't have a, you don't have no rights inside of Christ. You don't. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen and twenty. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Is that the scripture or not? You don't have any rights because you're not your own. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not me. It's God saying this now. For you have been brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Chapter 7, verse 22, 23. For he who was, who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. And so since we 
don't have slavery. Here that means that we all were free. That means that when you gave your life to Christ, you're supposed to have given up your rights. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're supposed to have given up your rights when you gave your life to Christ. Either you gave your life to Christ or you didn't. So you don't have a life if you gave your life away. And it was paid for. We were redeemed with precious things. <laughs> Not gold and silver, but with the blood of Jesus Christ we were redeemed. He bought us. We don't have any rights. What rights does a slave have? Hmm? Does he have a right to go to the mall shopping? No. Where can he go? He can go nowhere unless his master sends him. Nowhere. What does he eat? Whatever the master tells him to eat. And, and all of you have seen pictures of slavery, haven't you? Right? Have no rights. There's slavery going on. They tell me now in other countries, you know. I tell you, you have no rights. And so in relationships, when you think you have a right, you know, then I say you must not be born again because you don't have any rights. The only rights we have is what Christ tells us our rights are. Do you hear me? If he tells me this is what I'm to do, this is what I'm to say, that's what I do and that's what I say. Is that correct? That's correct for all of us, isn't it? We have not arrived yet, have we? But we are pressing towards the mark for the prize of high calling on. So what's the first principle I gave us today? I'm only giving you two. What's the first principle? You have no rights outside of Christ. No rights. The other is love others even as Christ has loved you. That's the other principle. Love others even as Christ has loved you. Let's look at John chapter 13 verse 34. A new commandment I give you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another. It's the same as Galatians. Now is this a is this a commandment for women only? Is it for men only? Who's it for? Everyone who is born again. Everyone who calls himself a Christian. He's just telling all of us, male or female, we're laying a foundation now. That Love others, even as I've loved you. So that's my, that's my principle I have to live by. Matthew seven twelve states it another way. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way that you will have them treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Isn't that saying the same thing? Treat people the same way that you want them to treat you. How do you want people to treat you? You want somebody to walk up to you and just smack you upside the head? No. 
Well, then why would you do that? Would you want somebody to, uh, you know, take your child and, and just take them and go away and say, you have this child no more is mine? then you don't want to take anybody else's. Do you want somebody to steal from you? Don't steal from anybody else. Do you want somebody to curse you out? Don't curse somebody else out. Do you want somebody to, to treat you nice? Treat other people nice. Do you want people to smile at you? Smile at them. Do you want people, when we greet one another, do you want people to come greet you? Go greet them. You know? Because people sit, sit around and say, nobody comes to talk to me. Won't you get up and go talk to somebody? You know? I mean, that's, that's, that's simple. You know, treat people the same way you want to treat you. Yeah. Nobody ever invites me out to lunch. Well, invite somebody else out to lunch, right? Come on, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. This is a law and the prophets. Two testimonies. Uh, let me have a two. Uh, I think I have Dan Whit. No, I don't. Let me have Barry come on up. Dan, Dan. Froze. She's all enough. And Jason. Rousey. Now, uh, they, have, they have something uh, in this particular series. Come on up. This called Love Dare. Love Dare. They just, they, they just give them something to do, you know, uh, to, to uh, practice out. See, teachers give homework. They give up assignments. They know the people, if they do assignments, they'll, you know, they'll be better off. And so that's, that's what they do in the, in the book, uh, in the Five Proof Material. They have a book called The Love Dad Book. And Barry's been going through it. Jason's been going through it. And they've gone sort of way, some of the way. And they were, they were, they were doing it secretly so the wives would know it. They didn't know their wives already knew that. You know. But um, I want you to tell them what you've been what, why you start doing, doing this thing and, and what has it done for you? Not what, what, what is done for your wife, what is done for you, okay? Because I don't want to get you in trouble. I'll start off. I saw the movie uh, probably when it came out in the theater, and I really enjoyed the movie, and as y'all seen, it's kind of enticing to, to be able to get in and find the rest of the story out. It's pretty captivating. Uh, I'm not the most emotional person, but... Uh, it will definitely bring a tear to your eye, and it's definitely realistic. Um, but anyway, went through the movie and, and knew about the book, and my wife actually bought the book, and I think she gave it away to somebody else, but uh, never thought about going through it myself. What it ends up being is a 40-day journey, and it's pretty much like a devotional. It lays out what the topic is for the day. You go through it, and at the end of each day, it has a dare for you to go through. And some reason, other dares seem to be big right now because you see them all over the place. Livestrong.com has a dare page where you dare to lose weight, dare to do that, this or the other. But anyway, I started going through it myself and, uh, and it was amazing to me how enlightening it was for me and how edifying it was for my relationship you know, to be able to go through and do that. And it brought a, a bunch of things to light. Um, I'm only gone through the 16th day and it's a 40-day journey and I would love to c- continue to renew that commitment to go through it another 40 days and another 40 days because what happens is these things don't become ingrained in you. You learn things, you try to apply them, but you don't ingrain them. So just as a child learns, we have to do the same thing and we have to reapply it to ourselves. And I like the verse that the pastor brought up about the renewing of our minds. You know, it was just brought to my attention on the way to church this morning that we sing and we hear so much stuff through our Christian music that we apply it to it. And 
we don't renew our minds. We say the same things over and over again, but we don't feel it. We don't say it from the heart. You know, and it's the same thing in our relationships. We need to renew our minds and those commitments that we made and those things that we stand upon, we need to continue to make them new. I think the term pastor was looking for was reformatting of the hard drive. You don't take the hard drive out and replace it. You reformat that hard drive. You take and you wipe all the information off of it, and then you write new stuff to it. I think as Christians, we have to do that as well. We have to take our lives, and we have to wipe the slate clean and write back to it again new so that the songs that we sang this morning are new again to us. You know, that we're not just saying the same words. Same thing in our, with our mate. You know, we're not just saying, I love you. We're saying, I love you from the heart. Um, there's a cool thing in here, and I'm going to let, let you in on one of the days that really spoke to my heart. And it was uh, talking about the depreciation room and the appreciation room. And what it mattered to was that we come across in our marriage as we walk through it, we come across things that we dislike about our mate, that we, that we hang ourselves on. Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's toothpaste here. Maybe it's this not being clean. Maybe it's the garbage not being taken out. Whatever that is. And we grab a hold of that. And every time we see it, we have a negative thought that's attached to it. And what he talked about and what the concept was is that we go into this room and in this room, all over the walls are these things that we dislike about our mates. And what happens is we end up camping out there and we stay in that room. You know, and that's not where we're supposed to be. So it has you go through and he writes a list, you know, of the things that you dislike about your spouse and the things that you like about your spouse. And at that day, the dare for that day is to concentrate on one good thing that's, that you wrote in the appreciation room. And what he says is you need to not go into that depreciation room ever. You know, there is an opportunity, and I came in with the opportunity to even look in there, but you don't go in that room at all. You go in the appreciation room, and you concentrate on the positive things about your mate. And I don't want to inflate that, but that's what we do. That's what I do. I know. I mean, I go in that room that I shouldn't be in, and I stay there, and I dwell there, and it affects my attitude, and it affects my position, and it affects how I say things. You know, I can say certain things, and, and if I say them with the wrong attitude, I don't care how good they are. You know, they're received inappropriately. You know, so these are things that we can learn, and it's a great tool, and I highly recommend it. And uh, we'll see what Mr. Jason has come across. Uh, definitely, I agree with everything Barry said. Um, uh, I just brought my books up. Um, I actually have two books. Uh, I bought mine. Uh, well, like back, uh, I don't know when we started, maybe a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Um, so I got mine. My wife Heather just had her birthday birthday party like last weekend. It was actually two weeks ago, her birthday, but. Some of our friends came and celebrated her birthday, surprise party and everything, and um, it's kind of funny, uh, one of her friends gave us both the books. <laughs> I was like, I already got uh, anyway. Um, but uh, it's definitely been helpful because you know, you got some books, I guess, or maybe devotions, which are great. Um, they give you, you know, a thought for the day and maybe a prayer at the end or whatever. But this is really cool because it get, it, if I know for me, it's really helped me to renew my mind on on love, I guess, and, and how how love is expressed and how so many different ways that we we can show love and how we should show love, especially to our spouses. And um, But uh, it gives you ways to, uh, uh, thoughts about renewing your mind about, like, for example, love is not selfish. And it talks about how love isn't selfish. And, and um, but then after that, it gives you um, a dare for the day, which is a way to apply that apply what you just learned and then after you've applied it you come in and you kind of debrief at the end of the day I guess and uh, and ask you questions kind of like I don't know maybe like when you were in I don't know elementary school and you you had to read a story in the school book and you got to have to answer the questions at the end 
that's kind of how this is. You you do the dare and you answer those questions at the end, which helps you to really think about what you did and what how that really is helpful and how how you can keep doing that. And I really like Barry. I really recommend it. Um, I I mean I saw it like in Walmart and stuff, and I was like, oh, that looks pretty good. I heard about that, you know. And then, but I guess I just underestimated because it just I know for me it just really renewed my mind, like um, about being kind, you know being um, patient and kind. There's like the two building blocks, I guess, about how, about love he was talking about. And um, when you're patient and kind, you know, that, that really underscores a lot of the other things that about being respectful and everything. And um, yeah, I can go on about it forever, but uh, it just really renews your mind a lot about love and how you can apply it with your spouse, especially in areas maybe you're stronger in some and you're weaker in others, help you build up those weaker areas. But Give these two young men a hand. Now, this is a book, of course. How many of you, how many of you already have this book? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, you don't have it now because I got yours. Okay, five. Okay. Now, um, the books cost, I think, around 12 Well, this has $14. $14.99. This one has. Say what now? Twelve dollars from Amazon. Okay, okay. Uh, from the from the outreach headquarters, I think it's nine something. You know, because uh, they give it to to us at a, at a discount, just like we did when we, you, you remember we did four days of purpose. Um, we got books for everybody and everything. And we worked through it. That's what I want to do for for this. And so that's why I want to know how many books I need to order. And you can buy your own. I don't want to have books that's laying on a shelf. I want to order your books. So, and, and, and now the men in our congregation, some, we have about five men who they have a book. But this is for women also. Okay? And as you, as we see the uh, video uh, at, at, at the end of the six weeks, what you'll see is that it was a lady who did this. And and the man thought his father wrote the thing. But it wasn't the father. It was a woman who did it. And the woman took the, uh, the dare love. And it's the woman who, who caused her marriage to get better. It was not the man at all. Okay? Uh, why are you waving at me, Elder Sam? I'm going to tell it all, brother. So, that, so nobody... <laughs> so when you, say, so when, you, when you see the movie, you know, it'll be like, man, he done told the movie, you know? But anyway... <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you ladies that, that sometimes, you know, you might, you might say, well, I wish my husband were more sensitive. I wish he was, you know, more this than that. Why don't you get this book, and why don't you start taking the love that? Why don't you reach out? Because it's not about trying to get somebody else to do something. Really, what the book is going to do is going to cause change in you. Okay? And that's what the whole thing is, is called. It's not called, we're not doing this series to change somebody else. We're, we're, we're doing this series to help my relationships, to help your relationships with people. Okay? So I'm going to have Brenda order some books. Now, I don't have to order anything. You can order your own. But I want everybody to have one uh, by next week if possible. How many of you want me to order you a book? Just raise your hand. Okay, I see one, two, three, 
4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 4, 25. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, it depends on your finances. Okay. Uh, the best thing is for each one of you to have a book. Because, see, you're supposed to write in the book. And if, if I write in this book and Minerva get the book, and I've already written in, in the page where she's supposed to write in it, then she's going to have to write in her, a, a notebook, then she's going to read my writing. And <laughs> see, then it's going to mess things up, see. <laughs> so uh, you should have your own book. Actually, you should have your own book. So we're talking about around $20, you know. So, okay, you want two books, okay, all right. Okay, you want two books. Ma'am? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. So you, you want one then? You want one, okay? The, the people who said two, they want two, they, they back to one, or are you, you? Okay, two, all right. Two, okay, all right, okay. What about y'all? Two, okay, okay, all right. But you got it. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a love dare for this this um, this week that uh, they they gave us to, to give. Uh, they gave us to give something. Uh, I'm not going to give that because I, I, I like to do something else. What I would like for, for us to do as a love dare is you remember I said what I want us to do is, uh, is to help our relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything is going to start with us. If, if we go at this thing as a wrong, with the wrong purpose, uh, you're not going to achieve the objectives that you want to achieve. So what I'm interested in is that if we would, if we would take the love there to go before God, each person in here go before God and ask them, God, what changes do I need to make in myself to be more relational with the people who I relate to. Okay? More relational. In other words, be more like you want me to be to the people who I relate to, whether it be your coworkers, whether it be the people you're in school with, your teachers, whether, whether it's your uh, mother, father, whether it's your sister, brother, whether it's your husband or wife, it doesn't matter what it is, but I want you to go before God to find out what he says you need to do to improve your relationships. Okay? I think everything should start with prayer to God. Anything else is works to me that's going to be burned up. So I want to give it to God first. So will you do that? Will everybody get before God and find out? Okay? And, and for anybody who say that, you know, God didn't say anything, Ask somebody very close to you, you know, <laughs> what do I need to do to improve my relationships, okay? So all you had to do, Gloria, is ask Carlton, what do I need to do, okay? <laughs> I guarantee you, uh, you, you're not scared, are you, Carlton? Will you tell her? He's here to tell her. Okay, praise God. Let's stand. Praise God.
Elder John, do you close? Somebody close? Okay. Father, we thank you for this series, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it's, it's a series, Lord, that, that um, oh my goodness, it's, it's one that is going to incre- increase our success in relationships, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, to reveal to us what is that one thing we may need to do to improve the relationships with those who we uh, relate to, who we're in relationship with. What do we need to do, Lord? And we're seriously asking God because we don't want, Lord, to go into this series thinking that we're going to change our mate, change our teacher, change our parents, change our children. Lord, we need change. And we're asking you, Lord, to help us start at our number one with ourselves. Change begins with me. So, Father, reveal to as each one get before you by faith, Father. We're believing that you're going to answer, that we're coming back next Sunday with something that we already know that we need to change. It's going to improve our relationships. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Would the prayer team go ahead and come on forward? Uh, we want to make every opportunity to go and come on up now if you're on the prayer team. Uh, we want to make every opportunity for those of you, whether you're in a relationship or not, it doesn't really matter because love is love. You still have relationships. You still have friends. You still have people you're trying to reach or trying to maintain a healthy relationship with. And we just want to make the opportunity for you that if you want prayer over that relationship today, you need to get that. Um, just place a covering of love over that relationship and just pray that God does use you over these next six weeks um, and allows you to change your heart. And, is also, and through that, you can change the relationship overall. We just want to bless you and go ahead and dismiss the service as well. Um, feel free to stay after the prayer team. will be here for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace.